All right. So <clears throat> to kind of recap on, um, on this class and everything that we've got going on, um, you'll want to check out the website often throughout the week uh, to check out the different homework assignments and any other articles. <laughs> Currently, I'm the only one like posting extra articles on there. But um, some of my finds are like really fun. So I'm just going to pop over to Learning Zion real quick. Um, as you come to the homepage and log in, uh, you'll just go to the actual week that you're studying, or you could go to like past weeks because I've been like going backward and finding lots of fun things. So for example, when you go to week one, uh, which we had last week, you'll see the homework reading assignments, the Zoom chats, and the, the podcast right underneath it. Um, so for group A, there's a video and just the audio um, that you can stream from. And then is the discussion down below is anything after the fact. So um, that link for the uh, Doctrine and Covenants 1835 edition, uh, I found uh, a place where you can purchase that, that the Doctrine and Covenants that includes the lectures on faith um, mm. that Amy had talked about. And then um, there's this extensive scholarly article. I mean, it's huge. Um, I printed it out. It's like 170 pages of the School of the Prophets. Um, which is a must, even if you don't print it out, but just go through and read it. It is so good on, especially School of the Prophets as it comes out West. And, um, and then <laughs> I tell you, I really was before our chats, but um, it's kind of a two-parter. So the overview of Kings as well as Avraham's podcast for this week is amazing on Sons of the Prophets. And um, anyway, there's lots of stuff in week two, week three. I'm just posting stuff as I go along and encourage everyone else as you find things to um, also contribute and uh, comment questions, uh, post links to things, screen share. My video's lagging, but can everybody hear me? Am I in real time? Or is it? Okay. I can hear you, uh, Cameron, but I, I heard you say uh, Abraham's podcast this week. Does he do a weekly podcast? Uh huh. Yeah, he does a weekly podcast along with Come Follow Me. Oh. So um, let me find. Oh my goodness, I'm going to have to add something else to try <laughs> to get through this week. <laughs> These ones are really short podcasts. Oh, okay. Um, and, and it's not like about Come Follow Me, but there's something in the reading each week that he selects that ties in with Isaiah. And so he'll do just like a quick study, like it's like a seven, eight minute kind of study along with it. Let me pop over and show you that page of his website. Okay, that sounds so that like he does something then that, that he can amplify that has to do with Isaiah from what we're currently doing then. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's not like a comprehensive come follow me, but um, it does kind of follow um, just little mini studies that that go along with what you're already studying. So at the top of the Isaiah Institute website, you'll go to podcasts and then the studies in the Old Testament. Okay. And, um, you'll find all of them here. You can listen to them on Apple or Android um, nice. or it's like Podbean is where they originate. Mm hmm. Wonderful. And then if you want to, if you click on any of these down below, it is the actual 
transcript. So the written form that you can print out oh, and study. Nice. And so very handy. But anyway, one that caught my eye was this last weeks of the one that the audio was just released this week of um, 27, which goes along with what we're going to be studying this current week of um, Elijah, Elisha, and everything in Kings. And it's called Defining the Sons of the Prophets, which really stood out to me. I was like, oh, hey. That's what we're doing with School of the Prophets <laughs> is yeah. the exact same thing. Have and you read it yet? Um, this, these two little pages. Have you read it yet? Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I read those this morning and they blew my mind. So it's just two pages, two short pages. Watching the, um, the, the second Kings uh, Bible project video and it, it'll open and unlock your mind to a lot of what the school of the prophets is and what the end time servant is going to do with the school of the prophets uh, coming up shortly, if not already. So it, it's so fun yeah. to go on, on that rabbit hole. So uh, again, in learning Zion, I've posted the links to all of those um, so that you can easily follow along and catch up on anything that I find I, I'm tossing in there. I'm not using necessarily the, that Facebook group. Um, in fact, I, I don't, I hopped on Facebook today for like two seconds, commented on something and I haven't been on for, for like a week. But um, can, you, can you refresh me again? I'm sorry. I was writing something else down when you were saying the, the two pages that blew your mind. Uh -huh. Was that the transcript of it? What, what was that exactly? Yeah, it's the transcript of okay. Abraham's podcast. Okay. The most recent, the most recent one. And was that the Second Kings? To was that all tied together? Uh -huh. Yeah, Second Kings. And so, if you'll um, go onto YouTube and, uh, well, let me just find the the link for the video really quick. Um, but the Bible Project's overview of the Book of Kings, the books of First and Second, is you're going to want to watch that along with studying Avraham's. Uh, podcast okay, thank and, you. Uh, just kind of taking that and plugging it back okay, what in. was the first one again uh-huh so the Avraham's podcast and the bible project video and so i've just put the link to both okay okay yeah. thank you cameron yeah for sure <clears throat> what else it seems like there was something else that i was going to talk about but i forgot what it was before we headed in to what we're studying this week. Um, oh, so in <laughs> trying to be prepared and, and go a week in advance, um, I found this book just invaluable. The Word of Wisdom, Hope, Healing, and the Destroying Angel by Cassidy and Jordan Gunderson. Such a good read. I mean, it's just like a little book. Um, and it really goes in depth on lots of different things. So, there is only the, the book available on, on like Amazon or different websites. And so I did record the audio of this and it is under week three. So if you go to week three, you can listen to all of the chapters there. Just be careful who you share it with because obviously copyright. But um, anyway, so good. <laughs> it has like been blowing my mind this whole last week on how the word of wisdom really 
amplifies the um, the school of the prophets. So that one, along with Alicia Blickfield's um, uh, PDF called "Wisdom in His Words," also on Learning Zion. There, I've got the link to it. It's a smaller document, but it it kind of takes the same uh, treatise of the Word of Wisdom and breaks it down and has you do a deep gospel study on um, specific parts of the Word of Wisdom. Anyway, both of them really good. Both of them there in Learning Zion. Um, I think that's probably it. Anyway, <laughs> sorry to inundate everyone with so many homework assignments and fun readings and stuff, but I guarantee you, there, there's so many good things, and the Lord is leading us in lots of different uh, fun ways. You must be a speed reader. Nope. <laughs> I'm a good skimmer, but <laughs> when when the Lord tells me to stop what I'm doing, get down and, and, and read something, then all right, if I have to, I'm a very reluctant reader. <laughs> Cameron, could, could you help me later? I just went on. I cannot get learning Zion. I got it for like a, a school, but mm -hmm. not, not ours. It, it's not right. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely help you out with that. Um, so today we have got a ton of homework. It was already a, like a big homework week. <laughs> and so I would just like to ask you guys what you have read, where you want to take our discussion tonight, because we have um, DNC 88 as, as a whole section there, which, man, I mean, we could just spend all night just on that. Um, we've got the tie-ins with uh, the Gospel of John and the Ordinance of Washing of the Feet, all of those different articles on the washing of the feet um, and, and that ordinance and how it differentiates uh, through the different um, manners in, in which it's delivered. Uh, anyway, where do you guys want to go? What questions do you guys have? Uh, kind of opening that up. <laughs> I kind of have a question just before we even jump in is what, as I, I did read through all of them, but I read them last Monday, which I think in, in the future, I'm going to read just before class. But um, it seemed to me as I read that there's two types, maybe there's even more mm -hmm. of the washings. One seems to be more of, well, maybe there's even three. One they mentioned was the that I read in another source is that it was a custom in ancient Israel when guests arrived at a home for either a servant or the wife who was the hostess to wash the guest's feet, it being a dusty, dirty, and they wore sandals environment. So it was a courtesy and sort of something that they traditionally did. So there was already that in the culture, that washing of feet. Yeah. But as I read through um, the more sacred aspects, it seemed like there was what happened when Jesus's feet, he washed the apostles' feet, um, and then, uh, and also Mary, was it Mary of Bethany? I always heard it was Mary Magdalene, so I was confused. Uh-huh, yeah, it's an interesting one because there's different opinions uh, which Mary it was. So okay. uh, to define it down, uh, to me, it's it's Mary Magdalene. But uh, a lot of people uh, have 
merge the two. They think that Mary of Bethany and Mary Magdalene are often the same person in the scriptures. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's a hard one to answer. But uh, from what I've studied and, and researched in, in different books and stuff, it seems to be a fairly general consensus that it's Mary Magdalene. Okay, thank you. Well, until we receive further light and knowledge, a Mary uh, anointed his feet and washed him and really bathed him with her tears as well. It was a really beautiful, it's a beautiful image. And then there's what currently or more in modern times is done amongst the general authorities and their associates. And I found for myself some sense of temple resonance um, in that ordinance. So it seems like there's different types, not just one overarching. And then I got curious and I started kind of, you know, doing some searches. And it seems that the Catholic Church on the Thursday before Easter does the right, uh, or they don't call it, I don't think they call it an ordinance, but they do a washing of feet. The Mennonites call it an ordinance and they do it uh, not on a set date, but more frequently as an ordinance. And I lived in the Middle East, but not in uh, the Holy Land. I lived in an Arab nation for four years. And I was, I lived on a compound that was surrounded by the minarets and the mosques. So when the Mesuin would call to prayer, we got surround sound. They were all a little bit off. And so it was almost like an echo. And of course, when we were out in the city, we always witnessed even people stopping their cars on the side of the road and putting their prayer mats out, but they would do ablutions. I don't know if that I'm pronouncing it right, but that was their, their ritual washing that they do. So mm -hmm. it seems like there's a real tradition of not just washing for hygiene, but a rich, sacred ritual of washing. And that's the direction I think we're going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. For Sorry, sure. so much time up, but I found the subject of interest, so I kind of followed that thread. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that because that's what I was finding um, from when I first was introduced to the 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 ordinance of washing of the feet. I thought it was so interesting, but over time, I found lots of more different things, and it's like I don't think it's a one size fits all. I think that we have different ones, and what why what does that look like and and again how you've brought out how lots of different religious traditions have something similar or um have taken it in a a different or similar uh path and anyway i think it's very interesting to, to kind of just study that um my first introduction with it was on the mission so this is just like a quick little random story but um this is my first area i was pretty new to things but uh, looking back at, at the entirety of my mission, this was a very unique experience. Like this never happened again. I never heard of any other missionaries experiencing it in my area. But uh, we knocked on this one door. They let us in and they started expounding the Book of Mormon to us. And we're like, oh, so you're, you're members or whatever. And they're like, no, we're not members. And um, anyway, they, they asked if we, they could perform the, the washing of the feet on us missionaries. And we were like, what? <laughs> like I had never even heard of it. I, you know, kind of. I, I guess I'd heard of it, but I had never really paid attention to. Anyway, we thought we're like, uh, that's that's pretty weird. You know, we'll we'll pass, but thank you. Um, but I had asked my mission president about it, and he's like, um, yeah. So go and read John, like the Last Supper kind of a thing. Uh, take a look at that, and uh, he's like, I assure you, 
that the prophet and, and the apostles and uh, select people still do that. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll just put that on a back shelf and <laughs> research that after the mission because, uh, you know, as your full-time service, it, it's kind of hard to, to do kind of research and study. But um, anyway, that was my first experience with it. But ever since then, it's just kind of grown and, and compacted over the years and so many different things that um, have popped out. I have never heard of the Mennonites uh, doing it. So that's, that's a great resource. I want to go uh, check that out. But the Catholics definitely have it. Uh, their Holy Week is is very interesting how it's all set up. And they kind of take everything in the gospel and like compact it into uh, into that week of um, uh, memorializing the, the, the Savior. Um, let's see. So why do you think that the school of the prophets is restoring the ancient pattern as given in John. Why <laughs> almost a a word for word match, right? We have uh, Christ, we have Joseph Smith, both girding themselves with a, a towel, washing the feet, and um, uh, pronouncing um, some words to the effect of uh, that they're washing or or cleansing from the the blood and sins of of the generation and um uh in a spirit of unity that they can all be one one body uh kind of a thing so why do you think that that's important and and what implications does it have for us today like why don't we get invited to to do that kind of a thing or like who does get invited to do that type of thing how does it relate to our temple ordinances anyway <laughs> how many questions was that i think like 20 right <laughs> i might be able to pull on one of those threads um i was thinking that maybe this is just i'm throwing it out it just popped into my head while i was listening to you and i'd never thought this thought before but maybe it has something to do with the preparation for entering a sacred space because mm -hmm. um that's what that's what the whole thing of ascending is about. <laughs> yeah. As we continue to ascend, we um, are able to stand on you know, literally holy ground and at some point eventually becoming of one heart and one mind. And then very near and akin to that is being able to bear the presence um, of the Lord, which I know in our condition now we're very far from that you know, conditions, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they didn't have a temple, temples like we do now. Mm -hmm. Or that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, we see a lot of that wording, you know, coming through in the initiatory, at least for the, the male side, how the women have a modified version of it. Um, do, they, do the males have a different uh, wording than theirs? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. So, so that's yeah. the, that one thing you said, Cameron, about that, the blood and sins, that's what um, I think there's something to be looked into in that regard. Mm -hmm. I can't put my thumb on it, but I have a feeling like there's a lot of resonance with, with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And so um, there's a couple articles that I posted in um, week two 
that are um, from Todd McLaughlin, where he does a treaty uh, treatise on um, becoming clean from the blood and sins of this generation and uh, kind of the, the process of priesthood. And so it's a two-part series, and I, I put the links to those on there. But that's a very interesting read if you're wanting to um, kind of study the male versus female aspects of that, being clean every whit and um, the, the process of becoming. Um, that one's an excellent read. Um, let's see. <laughs> My brain's just like kind of swimming. I don't even know where to quite head with stuff. But um, I thought it was interesting that uh, the, the washing of the feet before Joseph did it, uh, he, they, the brethren each washed their own feet. Yeah. Before Joseph. Yeah, that, that was an interesting pattern to uh, kind of distinguish between uh, uh, Christ and, and his apostles versus these. And um, there was something else that was along that same lines where we be, we wash our, oh, <laughs> it was uh, the commoner and the king, that uh, Anthony Sweat parable that we discussed a couple of weeks back, that he cleansed himself before he went, but they said, no, you, you need to, to be to do it again, like it's the the process of um, uh, doing it ritually in the right place at the right time, kind of a thing. And um, anyway, it was kind of an interesting that that dual cleansing. And here with the school of the prophets, Joseph um, is, is having them do that same thing, where they wash their own feet, but then comes the actual ritual where it's a unification effort and to, to become. There's an actual prayer involved with the. The one where Joseph is doing it uh, to the the others. So yeah, I found that very interesting. That is an interesting correlation. I did not see that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um. Hi, Ryan. Uh -huh. It's amazing how much you can study and how much you pull together. And if you only had thirty minutes to tell us the most important thing that you can only tell us in thirty minutes, what would you tell us? Um, I don't even know. Um, like specifically on, on washing of the feet. Washing section eighty eight. Um, the house of our God. I I think I understood and grasped that one. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have any questions about that? But maybe I do because maybe I just don't understand it right. But what stands out to you if you could tell us? Uh huh. Yeah. So so much. There's just so much. It's overwhelming. It, you know, and yeah. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. Um, but what stands out to you? Yeah, so um, I don't know. I, the thing that keeps coming up to, to mind is what I added for, for last week. Um, and how it, it bear with me, because it'll tie in here in a second. But the Avraham's podcast, where he pulls out the fact that the sons of the prophets in the past under Isaiah and Elijah's tutelage were, were following the ascension pattern and the, um, the Davidic covenant on behalf of the people because they weren't living up to their end of their covenants. And so what they did, they, they, 
are going on a call out mission. So um, this is quoting from Avraham's thing here. It says that um, about the time of Elijah and Elisha, we see the emergence of a cast of ascetics called the sons of the prophets who lived mostly apart from a corrupt society in a call out type of condition, which, you know, we know call out very well in, in our vernacular, right? Um, but these are people who took the law one step further and covenanted with God in, in a deeper fashion so that they could try to save Jerusalem. Um, and as they were doing so, they, they trained on the son servant level. I mean, they're called the sons of the prophets and in doing so they were able to secure some blessings of protections as far as the the rest of the people could could merit it. And so with that, Avraham in his article points out that um, Isaiah and the ascension of Isaiah and everything points to the fact that this will happen again with the Davidic servant. When he comes back, he will establish a school of the prophets and they will be given the task of the same pattern in the end times. And so with that, I think comes this, this whole idea that an ordinance is required in order to enter into the, the sons of the prophets, the school of the prophets, uh, whatever you want to label that. And um, there are keys. If you read section uh, 88 and section 90 of the Doctrine and Covenants, there's actual keys for the school of the prophets. And so given those keys, then you can perform the ordinance of washing of the feet, and that fulfills the becoming blood uh, clean from the blood and sins of this generation. And with that, you are now able to become, uh, yeah, just become on the son servant level and work a mighty work, become kings and queens of the Gentiles. And that's what was blowing my mind. Um, and it really was just today. I, I come across some of those things this morning and it all just like, have you ever, <laughs> when you're studying something and you're just like, I know something's here and it's grading on me that I can't figure out what it is. And all of a sudden it just like it, it just kind of flashed before me. Like it all just made sense and all at once and stuff. And I think that the school of the prophets and the ordinance that pertains to it is, is very key in preparing for that day that's coming soon. I don't that's know. Interesting. Did you give us a link for what you were getting that from? Is it in the, where is it? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I've got both of those links in the chats and also um, on Learning Zion. It's under uh, week one. Oh, great. So in short, is this like in the scriptures to your time, your day, your mission? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so um, he goes, uh, Avraham's uh, thing, it, it lists out all of the scriptures. You'll want to look those up and, and look at their context and everything. But um, the, the prophecies that Isaiah is giving um, for that specifically for the end time Davidic servant, um, as that comes about, is it, it mirrors what we're studying in the Old Testament this week, almost 
verbatim. And so anyway, very interesting. <laughs> I wish I could like give like a, a good two hour brain dump on all of that that appeared, but you'll oh, right? get a lot more out of it studying it yourself <laughs> rather than listen to my ramblings. Can I like listening to your ramblings? <laughs> go, go ahead, darling. Sorry. Can I take time enough to explain my little journey this morning in Sunday school? Yeah. But, um, anyway, they were talking about Elijah and um, the widow and the meal and the oil and and that was going to be her and her son and her last meal and everything. And, and as everybody was commenting on that, I was thinking about uh, Elisha, how the story, there's a story that's pretty darn similar mm -hmm. that happened with Elisha and, and a widow. And she had two sons, I guess. And anyway, the same thing with the, 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 meal and everything and I thought why why is there two stories exactly almost exactly the same and in, right back to back I mean chronologically I mean it's just right and, and I think there's got to be something to this especially why I'm questioning it so much and so I I knew Cameron was in the family history uh, center and so I just slipped out and I went in there and was telling him about that. And, and just this morning he had learned this answer. And anyway, he was saying, did you know that those two sons of the widow that Elisha helped were in the sons of the prophets uh, in that school of prophets back then? It, they grew up and were part of that. And, uh, and I says, no, but it was Elijah that was teaching it. And then Elisha after uh, Elijah's time. And so this whole thing that he was learning kind of stems, it, it's all kind of related there. And uh, as you learn that, it, it's really, really exciting to think what they were doing is the same thing as what they were preparing themselves uh, for this mission and the end time servant's gonna be doing the same thing. And I, man, it's so interesting that we've been led to study this at this time. It's just like, it's, it's not a coincidental. Mm -hmm. and so I just one little piggyback onto that with Elijah, and Elisha, like their relationship, right? Elisha asks the Lord to double the authority of Elijah for him. And so in the, the second Kings account, Elijah is recorded as performing seven different miracles. And Elisha is recorded as performing 14 different miracles, but also doubled. So with Elijah, it's the widow and one son, with Elisha, it's the widow and her two sons. So everything about Elisha is doubled from what Elijah is because he requested a righteous request of the Lord to double the authority that he received from Elisha and, and how that'll play out in the end times. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Leslie. <laughs> that is so cool. 
<laughs> I have not heard that. Okay, this is this this is I'm a, I'm a wondering and wondering if you guys have heard this. Um, so my daughter said that she was reading stuff that Rodolfo and Damon had written, and that um, Damon has said that his understanding is that the Davidic servant's name could actually be Elijah. Has anybody heard that before? No. And I asked her why, and she said, oh, so much of what he says is over my head. So she, she couldn't remember why, but I believe her. And um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised after studying him and books of first and second kings although they're two separate books in our bible they were originally written okay so nobody's heard that one all right well i mean like i've heard um variations of it you know like because Avraham's very much uh on the the david point right and so anybody that that disagrees there's uh there's a few different uh, lineups, but Elijah, I hadn't heard necessarily that one before. So I'm going to have to go find that uh, conversation. I mean, Damon, holy cow, he is like so far above my head. He's very scholarly and, and stuff like that. So it, it takes me some time to <laughs> wait through his responses on there. And that's why I could not tell you a thing because. Mm -hmm. So yeah. anyway, yeah. So maybe somebody will hear about it because we just talked about it. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then um, L posted that link for Elijah's testimony, uh, his end time return from the Pickerings. I haven't watched that. Somebody recommended it to me a couple of weeks ago and I kind of forgot about it. Um, I need to, to go in and watch that one. Or wait, is that? It came, in, it came in my email. So that, that one's just recent because that's like yes. along with Come Follow Me. Okay. So that's a different one. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to, to watch that. It caught my attention. I thought, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't listened though yet. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Anything from Pickering's, they, they've got some good stuff. I love good scholarly people that, that spend their um, their time really researching and getting good sources and stuff. That's going to be a fun one. Um, let's see, where else? <laughs> what do we got? Um, like section 88, I, I know I said that that one was kind of the like spend your time on the other ones because they're going to take a, a lot of your time. Uh, you can put section 88 off for a little bit, but um, me and my mom did the, the deep dive on that a couple days ago. And I tell you, there is so much in section 88 and 89 and 90 that um, help kind of like clarify things as you look at the pattern. Um, so remember last week when we were studying and um, how they actually received the revelation, you know, there was that, that group of 10 high priests that got together and they were to, to pray vocally and um, individually uh, one at a time and, and receive uh, section 88, the olive leaf. And so as you go through it, it's very interesting, the order of things, how first off, whoever's speaking, I, you know, whoever's standing up and actually uh, helping prophesy this, um, uh, receive this revelation, is um, giving them the comforter, uh, talking about them being uh, 
sanctified uh, up into eternal life, the Holy Spirit of promise, uh, that whole thing. As a collective group, they're receiving that together. And then he goes through kind of uh, the principles and laws of, of heaven and how things are created. And then goes through um, that. And he's like, uh, you know, the Lord, as he's... Uh, revealing this to them he's like okay now how do i explain this better to you uh so here's the creation okay here's a parable that i'm gonna give you and as i was reading the parable i was like huh i think i've always kind of skipped over this parable <laughs> like there's there's a lot of parables of the lord in the vineyard right uh we have zenus we have anyway lots of different ones but this one is is, is different and there's a lot more um simpleness in the symbolism of it but anyway he he goes through um giving them promising them their blessings going through kind of a creation narrative story and then giving them a parable to ponder on and then comes back and gives them kind of the end of the vision so yeah as we come into the sun servant level that's where we receive the the cosmic vision or the end from the beginning and that's what he's giving these people um that are uh, pulled in here and then he gives them four commandments um from verses 62 through 77 well 78 and then after those four commandments he then gives them kind of the apocalyptic vision he's giving them the end of the vision where now the world's going to fall apart and and here's your mission in the falling apart scene um and he pulls back into the, the parable there a little bit. And then um, and then after all of that, then he starts instructing them specifically on the school of the prophets and what their mission is for the end times. And anyway, section 88 was blowing my mind a couple of days ago. I, I tell you, I even had a dream about it last night that I was like, holy cow, my head is like spinning. I don't even know how these people received all this. <clears throat> I mean, I, I know how they received it. That's not the right word, but <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that one, but. Well, with everything that you're doing, it's a good thing you can even sleep. <laughs> That's one of my gifts, I think. I have the gift of sleep. Like I can just conk out anytime, anywhere. <laughs> but anyway, I... I you know, not to throw more homework on you and stuff, but I would say that section 88 and 89, uh, kind of going into to next week, are somewhat of a priority as um, we're studying and, and delving into it, because, man, it, there's a lot to it, but it does take some some valiant effort, <laughs> some, some time diving into it. Um, it's very rewarding. Yeah. Because like Cameron, if if you hadn't, while we were going through that, you were charting out, there was those four things, you numbered them and you was charting out as they recur and different things. If you hadn't done that, I don't think we would have arrived at where we did. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it takes a good deep dive. You're going to want to like set aside time. Pray. What, is it, what is it those things you were, 40, you were charting out? Did you already tell us? No. Um, no, I don't think I did. But, <laughs> I mean, because it would take a long time to go through all of Section 80. But um, where, let's see, 
he goes through the four commandments that are from 62 to 78. Um, you'll want to take some time and really dissect those and, and figure out what those are and, and how they apply to you. Um, and then with the apocalyptic portion of the, the vision, um, we're going like verses 94 through 106 about, um, he goes through the seven trumps and the, the seven angels there. Um, and then he pulls it back in chiastically and, and reiterates those four commandments, um, trying to, to hone those in on, on these 10 elders. Um, and another For thing, who were the 10 elders? Are, are there any that we would, you know, uh, yeah, like so remember or know what they did? Let's yeah. see. In last week's reading, it talked about those somewhere, just a second. Mm -hmm. um, so we have Joseph Smith Sr., Sidney Rigdon, Orson Hyde, Joseph Smith Jr., Hiram Smith, Samuel Smith. Neil K. Whitney, Frederick D. Williams, Ezra Thayer, and John Murdoch. Those are the 10 that received uh, DNC 88. Well, we know what Orson Hyde did. Wasn't he the one that dedicated the Holy Land? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with right. a lot of the same wording from, from DNC 88, which is interesting. Arlene, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, just we just found out, I can't we're so inundated with stuff. I can't remember where we found this out, um, but Cameron did, um, that the reason they didn't have the School of the Prophets that following winter was because there was contention. And the Lord said, there can't be any contention. And so they had to wait for a time until that they had that under control. Isn't that interesting? Because President Nelson told us to get rid of the contention out of our lives. Mm -hmm. That's one of the main themes that I was pulling out of everything as it's starting to kind of crystallize and, and become more clear to me was, holy cow, we are literally living all of this with President Nelson. Like, <laughs> so do you think he's trying to do a school of the prophets with the ones that will read his footnotes and like study it out? Yes, very much. Out of all of this, is that like yeah. the bottom <laughs> Yep, I, I think. Um, sure, seems like it. Yeah, all of the things that he's talking about, um, all of the types and patterns that he's fulfilling. You know, I, I vacillate back and forth on exactly what his role is in the future, but he is fulfilling lots of ancient patterns. It's it's not coincidence everything's converging on on president nelson you know mm -hmm. I, he's not going to be the one that's here when the christ comes but um that he is definitely ushering that in in, in a the, hinge, the hinge point is that he would you describe him as the hinge point because <laughs> he said that too right yep yeah for sure another thing i've noticed about president nelson is that he has remarkable powers for his age yeah. almost um unexpected it's not what you would expect at his age yeah exactly. and like wendy how she's testifying of those things on a regular basis and um you know many people have, have talked about how um 
President Nelson is is just going at breakneck speeds and uh, looking younger and younger all the time. And anyway, it, I I I see a lot of school of the prophets of Elisha of Isaiah of Hezekiah mainly. I mean, he's almost a picture perfect example of Hezekiah. Um, but anyway, it's I all converging. Picture perfect example of Hezekiah. Hezekiah has been coming to my mind so much the past couple of days. So share that, please. Uh huh. Yeah. So with Hezekiah's story, as um, I've got that Harmony Google Doc or whatever, where it it takes uh, Kings, Chronicles, and Isaiah and just lays out the whole Hezekiah story. But if you're studying that out, it it follows President Nelson's presidency to a T. So year one, what does Hezekiah do? Year one, what does um, President Nelson do? Year two, this, this. I mean, it, it's an exact mirror. And so with um, with the, the 2020 Hosanna shout and everything, people probably get sick of me uh, going on this all the time. But um, it, anyway, it's very interesting studying out the ministry of Hezekiah and the ministry of, of President Nelson as as king and prophet. So when they begin their actual ministries, they're they're perfect mirrors of each other. That is interesting. Where do you find that information, Cameron? Um, just studying. <laughs> oh, wow, you're impressive. Yeah, I can find that that Google Doc and share it with you. Um thank you. Osrahan talks about that a lot in the Isaiah decoded. The, the story of Hezekiah, not, you know, yeah, not the, he doesn't comment on no. President Nelson. But. I don't ever hear him talk about President Nelson, do you? Yeah, he, I, I've never heard him. He always kind of shows away from that. Uh, yeah, here's that, that link to that doc, um, the harmony of Hezekiah's life that you can read. You can ignore all my commentary on the side, though. <laughs> I mean, there's some of it that's interesting. Some of it I don't mean to like bloviate, but just little things as I find, I throw those in. Um, let's see, what else do we got? So I do think that it's interesting that when we are talking the, the washing of the feet and kind of delineating out between the two different ordinances, I mean, I, I think that there's actually more than, than just the two different patterns, but that one is the actual becoming clean from the blood and sins of the generation and uniting as a Zion body. Um, that one is played out um, at the Last Supper and the School of the Prophets and um, kind of morphs into uh, some of our temple ritual. Whereas the other washing of the feet, if... Um, uh, you're able to to read about the the second anointing and the washing of the feet that the wife performs for the husband um, is is kind of in a whole different category and that's what uh, Mary Magdalene or or Mary is is doing for Christ and that is a preparation for burial and how that plays into a whole different set of ordinances you know we're talking second anointing and um, it's very much a couple thing rather than a body of uh, sons of the prophets or school of the prophets kind of motif there. Um, it seems to kind of branch out into those two different categories, but 
uh, again, I, I think there's a lot to be said for looking at, at different religions and how they've passed that down from Father Abraham even. We have uh, different washings that are getting uh, passed down through the three uh, main religions that stem from him, from his posterity anyway. And they boil down to those two categories. Also in my reading, it it's it's done to bind Satan too. Yes, which is like kind of a a garment motif, right? Um, that it's actually a binding of Satan or a shield and a protection or um, whatever you want to call it there that the the sons of the prophets do get to a a level or a a state of being based upon their their consecration and their dedication to this way of life that they can actually bind Satan for themselves that he no longer has um, that influence to um, drag them down. But as we do see with uh, like uh, King David, for example, that he does um, fall from that. There always is agency, but um, that it, it kind of comes along with the, the calling election made sure you get extra assurance and help and you're actually able to bind Satan with that ordinance. Very interesting point there. I wonder what that binding would look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, how you were talking earlier about um, how it was, you know, kind of just traditional culture as um, visitors come to your house that you wash the um, the feet and, and you're basically washing the dust of the feet, right? And um, as you are walking along dusty paths and um, not bringing that into the home, you, you wash it off so that that, uh, that influence doesn't come into the home. Um, I think there's a lot to be said at looking at the ordinance of washing of the feet and the ordinance of shaking the dust off the feet as equal but opposites, right? Where, um, I don't know, but <laughs> I'll just kind of leave it at that, I guess. Um, I think that there, there's there's merit in kind of looking at, at those in um, their respective spheres. Um, let's see, where else do we go? What, Mother, wasn't it in um, Richard Holtzfeld's Education Week class um, where he was talking about how Thursdays are revelatory for us, and he was talking about the pattern of our modern prophets and what they do on Thursdays in the temple. Um, didn't because the feast, like they have a Last Supper style feast in the temple every Thursday, and that they, I believe he said, didn't they perform the ordinance of washing the feet uh, then amongst the apostles? Where the uh -huh. Yeah, I don't know if it was every week or not. He didn't really say, but but yeah. But they basically performed the, the pattern in John um, on a weekly basis with that feast, the sacrament, the Holy Supper. And if it was every week or if it was just occasionally, but uh, performing that, that washing of the feet. But yeah, but they do the sacrament every week. So it, they probably do the other as well. 
and how important that meal was too. They always eat together. It's part of the yeah feasting with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Arlene, is that current that you're speaking of? Yes, yes. Fascinating. And yeah, I wonder yeah. how they've modified that with the the closure of the Salt Lake Temple, but um, Claire. Yeah. Uh, so is that just a sacrament, or do they have like a lunch or brunch or something? Uh -huh, yeah, so they, they perform the exact pattern of what John talks about in his gospel. So kind of that, that Passover type of communal meal and then the, the actual sacrament of the Lord's mm -hmm. Supper. So um, because, you know, they're on assignment a lot of times and, and they may or may not get the sacrament on Sundays. And so their Sabbath is kind of on Thursdays in the Salt Lake Temple and they it's a very holy set aside time they do all of their administration stuff in the church administration building on wednesdays and then in thursdays is their holy day and the name of his talk was thursdays are revelatory days for them it's when they receive their revelations together as he occurred. in the upper room there Um, <laughs> I don't know. We've kind of went like everywhere, haven't we? This is going to be an interesting video to watch back and be like, <laughs> get a headache whiplash. But it, those three things stand out to me that uh, it's an act, washing of the feet is an act of obedience, humility, and unity. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to accomplish those three things because they're trying to be a Zion like become a Zion like people. And um, and I think about that the having someone wash my feet, it, it would be very humbling to to let them do that because I don't know, there's something about it. I, and uh, Peter felt that way, you know, at the last supper, he says, Oh you can't wash my feet and he found out that it was important that he didn't and you know he was good with it after that isn't that interesting what simon says and um i've never put that together anyway um where he's like oh well then don't just wash my feet wash my whole body <laughs> and <laughs> and then the savior's like no it, it's an ordinance I, i'm trying to give you an ordinance here all that's necessary is the feet that you know you have doesn't he, he say you cannot live with me unless you unless we do this yeah you have no part with me unless you do yeah. that yeah yeah so, so getting back important. oh sorry that means it's pretty important right mm -hmm. yeah i think my my sister is a beautician and she she's always wanting to do my feet and my nails and everything i won't let her i like, no, you could do my fingernails, but you're not going on my feet. <laughs> but I would let, you know, if it was part of an ordinance, then I, but I would, it'd be very humbling. I just to throw one little thing in there because um, I do put zoning and I know that Leslie does also, but um, there's a map of your entire body on your feet. And so it's pretty cool when I think, when I was reading and I was thinking, oh, that's so cool because uh, there's, 
there's pressure points on every part of your feet that fit someplace in your body. So that is pretty cool, don't you think? Yeah. And how does that tie into the blood and sins of, of this generation? So, I mean, if we're talking about generation, right, and, and generational healing and, and uh, the things that are passed down to us from, from our ancestors, etc., but but the ordinance is specifically to wash for this generation, not not the previous ones. And so it's interesting with like foot zoning and uh, reflexology in general and stuff. Like, huh? I, I wonder what part that plays. I mean, there's got to be divine law in it, right? Um, and you know, we might not understand the the full implications of it, but I think that there's there's a lot of hints there in uh, reflexology that. Um, Kind of point to that but i don't know i agree then a lot of people don't like their feet touched mm-hmm. but i don't know for some reason it just feels like such a great service to me and yeah. i do more hair but i've been really led to do feet mm-hmm. um it is like i really like the service i don't yeah. know there's something about it feels like I'm, it's actually like a higher service than the other stuff i usually do Mm-hmm. And so I really enjoyed reading that part. I thought it was really, I don't know, especially when he said you cannot live with me. And then Peter was like, oh, okay, well then I'll do it. Here's my feet. <laughs> but some people just don't like their feet touched or either embarrassed or they just, they don't, they feel like they're, it's embarrassing yeah, it's like a, or whatever. Wizard of Oz one where they have to yeah, it's just like, they don't want to do it, but I don't know. I just, I really like it. I've always been really drawn to feet, which is really weird. People think it's really gross, but I don't know. I think it's like like a really nice service. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to say yeah. it. Cameron, uh-huh. I have a quick question. Uh, getting back to what we were discussing on that revelatory Thursday, do they do the washing of each other's feet like the Lord did at his last supper? I believe that's what Holtzville said was that they do that. I'm not sure if it's every week or what kind of a basis, or even if it's just like a one-time thing, but um, the fact that they do do that in the, the upper room of the temple. And um, I, I've heard lots of different like commentaries and, and things, but I don't know if it's from an authoritative source on any of them, but that in order to even become an apostle, receiving that ordinance from Christ himself is, is part of the, the apostolic witness thing. And so uh, taking that and then possibly doing that as a unified body of, of apostles, maybe I think, I don't know. I, I, I don't have authoritative things because it's probably very sacred and they don't talk about it too much. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's, they're washing one another's feet. I think it's probably the prophet. I, I, the prophet washing the others because, because he's that, the one who holds those keys because it was joseph smith that was doing it in the mm-hmm. in the school of the prophets okay because you, you have to it, have the keys and i, I think those are held probably i'm guess guessing i think they're probably held by president nelson yeah yeah i'm becky Hopefully I'll be able to get through all this. I'm getting over being sick. Sorry, guys. Um, The unity just keeps popping up into my mind and having um, within like the last few months experienced a healed relationship. um, 
the fact that I worked on myself and <clears throat> the other person didn't change. It was all within me and the importance of, I'm oh, sorry guys, I'm trying to be coherent here. It's in my head, it's not coming out. Um, how we need to turn to the Lord and to really work on ourselves. It's other people aren't the problem. It's, it's all within ourselves, whether it's generational or um, untruths that we've accepted from the adversary. I'm just thinking, especially, you know, having read about the second anointing. I don't know. It, it's been in my head a lot that when you're in the temple and you're in that prayer circle, you have to have good feelings towards everybody, not just the person that you're standing next to, um, holding hands with, if you will. That's a loose term, but um, but hearing about the second anointing and, you know, doing the true order of prayer there, it just um, reinforced to me the importance that not only in our relationships with our spouses, but really if, if from what I've learned, if it's true that, that we ourselves are the problem and not everybody else, <laughs> we really need to pray and ask Heavenly Father to show us these um, uncomfortable things about ourselves so we can become clean, so we have that unity. Otherwise, um, attaining Zion is going to be hard. Yeah, and like with the, the pattern of Father Abraham, right, where um, he had such an interesting youthful story with uh, his youth and everything, but where he had many generational things that were passed down to him, but yet when he's taking ownership of them, he's not just going back and blaming the the past generations right like he is he is honestly taking on those sins dealing with the the ugliness of it and making sure that those aren't passed on and and like you said to be one with ourselves and and with those in our immediate circle and then in just uh, general uh, everyone that um, comes within our circle um, to to really be unified. It takes on a lot of different meanings there. I, I love that. Um, yeah, let's go with Lisa and then Leslie. So um, I really enjoyed uh, what Becky was saying. So to continue on that, that uh, subject about President Nelson's injunction for us to um, not have uh, discord in our relationships and I can't remember his exact words but I just wanted to take a moment and share that when we do rely on the Lord it pulls down literal miracles uh, because I tend to just often in the past I'll think oh I can do this I just keep working at it <laughs> so I had a very humbling um, beautiful experience this last week because I have a relationship that is uh, the, the other person is not going to change, uh, at least right now. I don't rule that out, but it is apparently not happening. And I have a physical condition 
um, that is triggered, it's a nervous system post-traumatic stress disorder um, that is continually triggered. And it's so uncomfortable. It feels hard to even be alive. It's so, so uncomfortable. And um, I thought, because I'm always a peacemaker, I thought, you know, I think the relationship, I think I feel you know, good about it, but is I, it's just such a many level thing, this, this injunction of President Nelson's. It's not just, oh, everything's good. I feel good about everybody. It is many level because there was just this little subtle when I would be in these um, random um, and you know, no warning uh, situations that would come up, there would be this part of me that would just kind of contract and then would um, resent really. There was resentment because I thought, oh no, not again, you know. And what I realized I needed to do, and this is when I called on the Lord to please help me so that I can heal this and I can't heal this without you helping me because I, I am overwhelmed. The nervous system cascade is beyond my reach. It's chemical stuff that's happening and I can't talk to it. I can't reach in. I need help. And so I thought whenever this next you know thing happens, I'm hoping that I can just be neutral and just not have that panic, just, just be neutral. And I would have been happy. The next time I was put in that situation, it was a miracle because it was way beyond neutral. I literally felt an outpouring of the spirit. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. And I had humor when I was dealing with the situation and I was so lighthearted. It was like nothing nothing could have hurt me when I had the spirit. I was just filled with this sense of peace and love and light. And I thought, I've never had that happen. That was the very next time. Now, it may not always be that perfect, but it was such a confirmation to me that the Lord is so with this and he is really in the details. And I thought, man, that was really a humbling and sweet experience. And so I just wanted to share that. It's just such a big topic, this healing our relationships. And it may not even be, you know, the other person isn't even changing. It's us. Mm -hmm. It's us examining me, examining my heart and, you know, finding a way with the Lord. So. Yeah, I love that. I've been reading the what is it? Uh, the body keeps the score and, and healing from PTSD and different things like that. And uh, man, just uh, amen to, to all that you said <laughs> and how the Lord is involved in that, that process of healing. Um, it's, it's more than compensatory. Mm -hmm. Like he often uh, loves to, to bless us in those moments of, of struggle, but yeah, amazing. And thank you. I got that book at your recommendation. <laughs> Everybody's library is growing. I'm glad I can. <laughs> <have> the <connections. laughs> yeah, Leslie. Okay. I've got two things. <clears throat> and goes along with all this stuff. Um, years ago, the Lord um, showed me something. 
because I was having a hard time with relationships with a few people. Um, and usually it's who we're related to, right? And so um, <clears throat> I was shown the, the, the world, well, us in the world. And, and I, for lack of a better word, I, I called it the stretchy mesh and how we are, um, Christ's love and light is the stretchy mesh that's in and through all of us and that we're all connected and um and that the key is to um what he told me to do was allow other people to stretch as far away from me or be as close well, I don't mean sound or allow them to be as close to me as they want to I don't mean that in an unhealthy way but um and to and not mine that they may stretch far away from him as well. And so, because he said in the world, really the only relation, the, the only thing ultimately that exists is you and me. And, and that, however, um, I, I treat Christ or I, I treat others is how I treat Christ. And, um, and it wasn't words so much. It was, it was just all pictures. And, um, and he said, you will, you know, it, I would have the most joy by just being super flexible and, um, allowing the, the mesh to operate as it, as he wants it to. And so, um, and then I was shown what I, it looked to me to be spiritual photosynthesis and it was how we breathe in and um, we can take in other people's junk. We can have our own junk comes in, but we allow through this mesh, we allow all of it to go through us. And he's in every cell of our body, go into him. And then he recycles the, the bad into the good and then sends it back to us. And then we send it out and then it goes through others in the stretchy mesh and so um i think when we you struggle with contention we um you know we stop that process from occurring as fluidly as as he intends for it to and um same thing with unforgiveness and you know just all our natural man things and um He really has made it simple for us if we just um, don't don't fight it. If we don't fight it and and um, trust the process, trust him that it that it actually that it actually works. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I love that because <clears throat> I don't know. Just my understanding of. God's love and his plan is, is just evolving all the time. Uh, like you said, with, um, with all of that, that it, it really is pretty simple when it comes down to it. 
Um, yet sometimes we, we fight against it so hard or we think we got a better way or who knows what, but um, just it boils down to like love and peace. And sometimes we're just unaware too. Sometimes we don't see what we need to see. And then, and then we have a moment of illumination and we can, you know, choose at that moment to either see the and integrate that reality and make begin making choices in a healthier direction or we can choose to shut down again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's quite the the time to be alive and to experience all of the the things that we are. I mean, our world is in so much commotion and turmoil and Satan's attacking families and individuals at an ever-increasing pace and uh, acuity. And, and here we are <laughs> just trying to live the gospel, be one. And um, the, the plan is simple, yet um, it takes some, some practice. Uh, it takes a lot of, of heartbreak and, and difficult experiences to get us to the humility and uh, desperate uh, pleadings in order to help us learn some of those lessons sometimes. But yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything because it, after all said and done, it's worthwhile. And uh, it's, it's amazing looking at, at what the savior can actually do despite <laughs> our best efforts and our meddling in the, <laughs> the thing. Yeah, mother. I was just uh, thinking about when we, did our deep dive into section 88 and it was talking about the is it, what do you call it a salutation that yeah. they did uh, at the beginning of each one and with hands raised above their head and everything and at one point you stopped and you go oh we didn't do that at the beginning of the class did we dang it <laughs> Yeah. somebody's going to remind the salutations but anyway because you know going to the temple is kind of like a school of prophets it's where you learn and stuff and there's this unity and everything you said you said why don't they do that as we go into the temple with raising hand and stuff and then we talked about that for a second and but they do do it in the temple mm-hmm. at, at the prayer circle and and we talked about how important that's why it's so important that there's that we have good feelings for everyone or else we're asked to you know sit down you know and not be a part of it if there's any ill feelings for one for another we need that complete unity there for that because the prayer circle is where the school of the prophets actually begins and uh culminates in the in the celestial room but um yeah that unity because <laughs> let me repeat the the salutation so that we got it in there i was going to do it at the beginning of class each time but i totally forgot but as and when any shall come in after him let the teacher arise and with uplifted hands to heaven yea even directly salute the brother or brethren with these words art thou a brother or sister I salute you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in token or remembrance of the everlasting covenant in which covenant I receive you to fellowship in a determination that is fixed, immovable, and unchangeable. 
to be your friend and brother through the grace of God in the bonds of love to walk in all the commandments of God, blameless, in thanksgiving forever and ever. Amen. And they would um, uh, either repeat back that same verse or they would say amen in token of the same. And I think that that is, is so crucial, so key. Um, Zion. On a very simple level, when when I said that it's interesting that we're all together and we started together and we've been together, we kind of did that salutation yeah. in, a, in a simple, mm -hmm. not as reverent form, but yeah. And and I think it's so fun to all of you. I'm, I'm so grateful. I feel unified with you and with you all, and so grateful for all that you share and the stories and experiences and the things that you're learning and this opportunity to be together is incredible like just incredible mm -hmm. yeah because like what's the, the whole pattern of the school of the prophets it's teaching each other it's not just one person standing up lecturing <laughs> even though that's what i often do sorry <laughs> but how we all come together and, and and share all of the different experiences that god is leading us in different ways but as one great whole we as a body of um, saints are, are just learning together, teaching each other the doctrine of the kingdom and the the testimonies, which is so powerful. So is there some symbolism behind two sticks? Um, the widow had sticks? Oh, I, I was like, two sticks. <laughs> My brain just like started going off in lots of different directions. Yeah, it took, it took you back to the beginning. Uh-huh, yeah. So with... Um, you're talking like Elijah or Elisha and, and the widow. Elijah and the widow had two sticks to start a fire and make a meal. Why, why two sticks? I mean, I need more than two sticks usually to start a fire. Uh -huh, yeah, so <laughs> I, I think it's interesting where uh, if we're looking at male and female responsibilities in, um, well, basically all ancient culture, um, clear up until Western, because Western just throws it all out the window. But men are in charge of the fire and women are in charge of the water. And where she's a widow, she now takes on the responsibility of the fire. And so um, with the fire comes two sticks, the two priesthoods, Aaronic and Melchizedek. And um, in order to light that fire to officiate in the ordinances, she is now, as a widow, doing that um, and um, kind of officiating in in that ordinance of the the so fire. To leader in her home, she's a leader in her home. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's what the, the symbolism for me would be in in those two sticks. That's so interesting. So interesting. How you pull these things all together, and then I look at this puzzle. So there's five puzzles behind you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that I liked puzzles until recently, but. <laughs> I have it set up at the library right now. And my daughter loves, she's 15 and she loves to go to the library. And so I just sit and put together the puzzle and it's great because it's at the library and I don't have to finish it. Yeah. I get to work on it and then I can leave it and it's not in my way. It's so fabulous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Come to your house and work on your puzzle and then just leave because I wouldn't have to finish it. <laughs> hey, you guys, I have a question. Um, years ago, my bishop had said, um, well, because um, 
no, that, that part doesn't matter. Um, that if there wasn't a um, a priesthood bearer in the home, that the mom was is to call on the oldest priesthood bearing son and ask them to call on someone for for prayers in the family and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And have you heard of that before? Yeah. So that one was just some tradition that, that some people took a hold of. Um, Barbara Morgan Gardner in her book um, kind of takes that back and uh, researches, uh, researches where that comes from. But um, uh, many prophets have come out since and I've uh, kind of corrected that, that the, the woman is the, the priesthood authority in her home. She doesn't have to default to. Yeah, that didn't feel right. It didn't feel like true. Mm -hmm. He was a relative of David O. McKay. So I think that was really yeah. <laughs> deeply ingrained. Okay. Yeah. You know, everybody's just trying to do their best. And sometimes there's a little tradition that gets thrown in that isn't necessarily correct. but yeah thank you a uh, great treatise uh, I, am i saying that word right treatise is that mm -hmm. how you pronounce it? anyway great treatise on that is barbara morgan gardner's book <laughs> and you. the most holy person in the house isn't always the oldest son so it's probably a good <laughs> idea to leave it with the mom <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly the priesthood power of women uh it it's kind of like the you know, if you ever studied Josiah reforms and getting rid of the Holy Mother wisdom and all that kind of stuff, it, it really has happened. And we need to really ponder upon the words and counsels that our current prophet and apostles are giving us in regard to that, bringing that back, restoring that, um, the correct understanding of the priesthood power of women in the home and, and how that works. I think that that's an a very amazing book that Barbara Morgan Gardner did, and I'm sure there's a lot others. You know, Wendy Ulrich and and others have have done it as well. But yeah, I totally agree. There's so many things that we just do as a church member that we just thought that's how you're supposed to do it. But yeah. you're right; it's so good to check in and say, "Now, like, is this really what the prophet says?" Like, yeah. study that, that. That really struck home to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it. I mean, it's interesting because. Like, look at the gospel in general. Like, look at the Old Testament law of Leviticus, even. Like, I mean, there's so much to do. I mean, it's almost impossible to fulfill every jot and tittle in your everyday life, right? And so sometimes we just default to the routine or look at other people's traditions and just kind of mirror it because it's, it's almost exhausting to have it always at the forefront of your mind. And so um, I, I, I understand where we get lots of traditions and things but uh every time that that the lord helps you uh or raises awareness of of something that might be a tradition it it, it means that we need to spend time study it out look at what the the prophets scripture and the holy ghost say and and really figure out what's tradition and what's doctrine right But it's a fun journey, regardless. <laughs> if you make it fun, it's really fun. <laughs> it could be so painful sometimes. But yeah. 
but yeah, as you watch um, that one video that I, I put in there of the, the overview of Kings, um, uh, what he talks about, the, the pattern of the Kings, um, those three things um, that, that he mentions in that video are very much the traditions that we have to overcome that keep seeping in. Satan keeps attacking on those same three things all the time. Um, and it is our Zion Jerusalem test, uh, the three tests of loyalty as we try to move out of those and overcome Satan, then we can uh, kind of fulfill these patterns that we've talked about tonight on the sun servant level, um, overcoming, binding Satan in um, kind of a lowercase way until we get to the seraphim status where he's fully bound from all influence. But yeah, those traditions, I'll get you. <laughs> anyway, I... <laughs> Sorry to keep everyone so long. This has been such a, a fun discussion and, and study. I wish we could spend, I don't know. I, it was very much kind of revealed to, to keep it to the 13 weeks and everything, but oh man, we could spend like days on all of these different like homework things, especially these first four weeks. But anyway, if you have time. Thank so you. these other links and, and things, it's, it's a fun journey. And if you find any others, send them my way. Thanks, Cameron. It was awesome. Thanks for the great meeting. Yeah. Thank you all for showing up and being nerdy like me. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's been a great week. It has been a great week. A super discussion. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, have a great week, everyone. Thanks. <laughs> we'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.